Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. This episode is brought to you by Sherpa Way Marketing. Are you a business looking to gain greater visibility online through search engine optimized content? Maybe you need effective ad campaigns to kickstart or bolster traffic to your website. Sherpa Way Marketing has seasoned experts that are bilingual in English and Spanish. Let them take the guesswork away and enhance your brand positioning with their comprehensive marketing services. Go to SherpaWayMarketing.com. That's S-H-E-R-P-A-W-A-Y marketing.com to schedule your free 45-minute consultation today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm here recording with someone who is so amazing that I've had a chance to learn so much about. Her name is Lily Rockelin, and she is a songwriter, and she's award-winning She's in the genre of pop rock and folky, uh, folky pop, and she produces, and her music is awesome. So later on in the show, we'll tell you exactly where you could find her music so you can start listening to her. But I'm also excited because she's the proud voice of a song called Child Free, which I've personally listened to, and it's the voice for women who've chosen to live a child-free life happily. And she she's the core of this child-free movement, and um, she's on a mission to help people see that you can live happily and child-free. And I was so excited when I discovered this about Lily because I am one of those women that she represents and uh, have personally have had countless conversations with people who uh, believe that women should have children. And so I'm excited to talk about that today. But Lily, thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come on the Born Unbreakable podcast show. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) And she's in New York City right now where she says it's a little bit gloomy, but that's okay. (laughs) We're just, you know, getting into the full swing of spring. So hopefully it'll start to get into a little bit nicer weather. But I learned from Lily that she's originally from France. Mm -hmm. I am. Yeah. So came here uh, 19 years ago. But Lily, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you get into songwriting? Was it something that was in your DNA when you were a child? Yes, it. I think it's probably uh, genetics and also uh, was always around me. Uh, my family is very musical and I had my first band when I was a young teenager around 14, 15, like a little uh, duo singing band and kind of pop stuff. And um, then I really learned about songwriting when I, once I was in the US. I was already writing 
poems and lyrics, you know, and I had written a little bit of songs uh, in France, um, in English already, because I, I, I had a fear for the language and I find it's a very uh, um, flowing uh, language. And um, so really, when once I was in the US, this is when I really uh, got to uh, develop my songwriting skills as, um, you know, being a part of a couple of rock bands. And then I really um, uh, uh, explored my own songwriting once I became a solo artist and I moved to New York um, now in 2007. So at first I was actually in Cleveland for a few years because I had some friends there. And so, you know, they welcomed me and, uh, and I had some bands over there. And then I moved to New York in uh, 2007 already and I'm still here. So it's doing great. And, um, yeah, became a solo artist, singer, songwriter. Uh, once I moved here and uh, picked up the piano, as I already knew a little bit of chords, and I took some piano lessons with a a, a jazz pianist here in the city. And um, yeah, it's been really cool. Now I play the piano and I also play the ukulele. And uh, yeah, you know, it's been just really awesome. New York is really, really, really special place. And uh, I love it. <laughs> Radio City Music Hall. It's a very Broadway. There's so many musical dimensions of New York. Mm -hmm. uh, and you play the ukulele. <laughs> uh, my family's from Hawaii. Oh, so the ukulele nice. is a very popular instrument there. So that's, mm -hmm. that's really, really cool. Beautiful. Do you remember the name of your first band when you were a teenager? When I was a teenager, when I was 14, 15, mm, we didn't really have a name. We picked up a silly name. Um, mm, I think it was named Adders, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it was like an insect name or something. Anyway, and, and then I had um, uh, a couple of like cover bands in France. But really, um, you know, the bands I really learned the most was here uh, in the US, the first one was uh, called Fizzy Ladder. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, That's we like a drink. Is that something. a drink? <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we could have partnered with a with a beer brand back then. It's funny. And and then the very uh, serious and established band, um, kind of melodic, alternative rock uh, yeah. name was uh, Hate Dice Hard. And it was more uh, heavier music and mm -hmm. uh, very uh, melodic hard rock. And, um, yeah, and then, you know, as solo artists. <laughs> That's awesome. What, where, what are your biz, biggest musical influences? Oof. Um, this is hard to pick. Um, I think really the Beatles, because my father's a big fan, and I heard the Beatles song so much, and then I studied them, you know, studied the compositions of them. Um I think there was that, you know, growing up, the Beatles and ABBA, because my mom loved to listen to ABBA. And then they, I guess ABBA came back in fashion in the 90s. They were like trendy mm -hmm. again. And um, yeah, and then I think more recently, um, the pianist, I don't know if you heard of him, he's Italian and his name is Ludovico A. Nodi. And it's contemporary piano. I just, his music really inspires me. I saw him perform live three times in the city and it's absolutely amazing. I met him and all. So um, I think, yeah, his 
anytime if I feel like I need to be inspired, I either I watch his live uh, performances or listen to his music. He plays with so much emotion and yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. When you're writing a song, so I, I think about this process, it's extremely creative, right? To, to write a song from beginning to end and have it have meaning and have people connect to it because music is all about emotion, mm -hmm. right? You're bringing out the joy or the pain or the beauty and, and it brings people to another dimension for a little period and they remember it. You know, like if you watched a movie and there was no music, it wouldn't be the same. Mm -hmm. There wouldn't be a climax, a crescendo, you know, the sad parts. And so it's such a, a, a an important part. How do you decide what you're going to write about? And how long does it take you to go through that process? That's a very interesting uh, question. You know, no, nobody ever asked me about what I, you know, what do I, how do I decide what I'm going to write about? They usually ask how you write, you know, this is a great question. I like that. Um, I think, um, you know, we get, as artists, we get moved by a lot of things around us. And we, I mean, at least for me, I don't feel that I, that I want to, or that I can write about everything that moves me. I find there are some things that I don't necessarily want to share. Or then, you know, if I find that there is a topic that, that would really inspire somebody or that would, you know, change somebody's life, then this is when I decide I need to sing about this. People connect to that. People will, will feel inspired by this. So to me, um, the topic that I want to write about, it's usually based on that. It, are people going to feel connected to it? Is it is it going to have an effect on their lives, on how they think or how they feel? I like to be a little bit thought-provoking sometimes. And, um, yeah, I think this is really the most important. Uh, you know, when I was um, more, you know, younger or teenager, um, I did have songs about relationships, you know, that sort of thing that, is is done a lot right and i still have a few here and there but the topics of my lyrics is usually um broader you know um yeah i th i hope that answers to the question no it does mm -hmm. and it, does it vary how long it takes you are you in a zone sometimes and you could get a song in a day or is this a process like this could take weeks to finish yeah, it depends. Um, I think the deeper the topic, the, the more important uh, that I find that the topic is, um, the more I'm going to feel that I need to work hard on it and I need to make the lyric perfect. And then if it's a topic that's a little bit lighter about, you know, uh, you know, going on a vacation and like my son get away, you know, I, you know, I, um, that, you know, that can take 15 minutes, you know, the chords and the song is this light, you know, um, thing, you know, to just, uh, help people feel kind of like they want to go away somewhere. But then, you know, if the topic is deep and important, yeah, it, my, my song child free took me like a long time because I really wanted yeah. to write. 
<laughs> yeah, that that I'm so intrigued by. What was what was the inspiration behind Child Free? When did you decide to write that? Yeah, you know, I um I had heard about the word child free the first time. I think I had read about it in the press. I think it was the Huffington Post, like an article and and I thought, "Oh, child free." And I thought, "This is this is me." This is perfect, you know, it's not childless, it's not, oh, she doesn't have children, you know, it's like, with child free, you know, it's liberating. And yeah. um, so I got really interested about the movement and, you know, started to follow some uh, forums and some groups and uh, all sorts of accounts and podcasts. And, um, and then I thought, oh, you know, I should write a whole song about us because, it doesn't exist. I think I went to look for a song. I was like, wow, so nobody's written about this. And we need this. And it was very daring. Um, I was scared about it. I, I thought, oh my gosh, it, no, actually, at first it was, oh, this is great because nobody wrote about it. And then it was, oh my gosh, nobody wrote about it. <laughs> so there was two sides about it. And um, yeah, you know, I really wanted it to be. Um, really important for us child-free women and so in the song I do talk about uh things that relate to me as my own personal uh, experience as a child-free woman but also I did a little bit of research because I wanted the song to connect with all of us and um so you know I went to listen to some uh, uh, stories from other women, you know, I took some notes and then really, uh, you know, got to uh, really uh, experience their feelings about it. And then, um, and, you know, I wrote the lyrics and it took me, it was, yeah, the lyrics didn't come out like that. I actually had to, I had multiple versions and, um, you know, it was just really quite an adventure to write the song. And I did have a lot of doubts. Um, I was intimidated about being the first woman to put out a song. And then I thought, if I don't do this, who's going to do that? I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do that. And are they going to make it as good as I want to make it? Um, so yeah, and then, so it was interesting because at first the song was a little bit more mid-tempo. So I wrote on the piano, I had the chords, I had these like alternative chords and I thought that was totally fitting because, you know, alternative topic, alternative sounds, you know, that, you know, not, I couldn't see like the pop sound, you know, <laughs> about that topic. It had to be a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, special and different. So yeah, it was a little bit more mid-tempo and, and so I had the guitarist, you know, do the chords and I told him what to do. And then I was like, no, that's just not it. Like it needs to be in your face. And so I increased the tempo significantly and I was like, this is it. You know, it's a happy song. It's about uh, us, you know, and it's about me, you know, saying we're happy. So, you know, the, the composition took some time. Um, and, you know, there was about finding the right key, you know, 
no one is any lower or higher. This is really typical, but for something that has such a message, you want to really hit the right sound and how it's perceived. And then the production, I got, <laughs> I drove everybody crazy. <laughs> I, um, I really had, you know, the, that idea of how I wanted the song to be, you know, I wanted it to be indie pop, indie rock. And um, so, you know, I had multiple guitarists play on it. And then I picked, you know, the, the parts that I liked the most. Um, and then, you know, all the other instruments were, were pretty uh, easy once I had that. Um, but I really, I really wanted it perfect. I think I, it was for me a way to to make a gift for all of us child-free women. And I put a lot of pressure. I usually put a lot of pressure on myself. I mean, I've learned to not, you know, put as much pressure on myself over the years because I'm a little bit uh, too much of a perfectionist and too hard on myself. Um, but for this, I really wanted it to be the gift, you know, for all of us women. So I really wanted it to be really, really good. I was like, I cannot put this song out thinking that there was something in it that just was not right. Mm -hmm. So it took me from writing the lyrics until the release, it took almost a year. So, yeah, so it was a whole process at some point. So there was some procrastination at some point because, I had doubts and at some point, and I thought, oh, am I really going to do that? Um, you know, and then, you know, I realized, you know, you know, since I follow other women, you know, in a child-free groups, I realized how a lot of us suffer a lot from the criticism and, oh, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, they, once they, they have the song, they just need to send the song to people that are annoying them. So, you know, so that I need to <laughs> sound, you know. So, yeah, I finished it. And then, you know, the mixing process, you know, uh, fortunately I had the wonderful uh, uh, mix engineer that he's worked with uh, Elton John, Sheryl Crow, uh, Brian Schubel. He's out on the West Coast and he's just so supportive of women and he's just awesome. And we worked together and I was just really picky because I um, – I wanted the vocals in the mix to sit at a really specific level so that when you listen to the song or anybody listening to the song, um, whether they're child-free or not, they would not um, have the lyrics in their face so much that somebody that's not child-free would still be like, oh, this is a cool song, I like it. And then, and then they'd be like, Oh, what is she singing about? You know, but then the, the, the actual child-free women, you know, they'll they'll know the title, you know, they'll know, they'll catch the lyrics right away. And so it was it was kind of strategic there the where the vocals were going to sit. Mm -hmm. And um so yeah, and then you know the mastering, I wanted it, you know, to be like huge. And then once the song was released, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, it sounds so great. Did it always sound that good? <laughs> I was so relieved. And um yeah, so I'm glad you like it. <laughs> yes, and and it worked. The all of the things that you're talking about that you worked on behind the scenes emanated because I did feel the happiness listening to it. And and that does come from the tempo because it sets a mood, you know. There's songs that can be dark or sad, happy and vibrant, mm -hmm. and that's definitely, you know, what came across. And it does mean a lot because I Personally, 
with with my podcast being called Born Unbreakable and and it really being an encouragement to anybody to live in their truth and who they are, regardless of what that may be, uh, there's there's always aspects of who we are that other people don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things that people look for is acceptance. Mm-hmm. And they want to be heard. They want to be seen. You know, we feel better walking in the world when we know other people see us and we know that we're not alone. And I remember at different times of my life, there was always an unspoken assumption that I would have children, Mm -hmm. you know, because being in a relationship or just coming from a family where everybody has children and for all kinds of different reasons, religiously, um, you know, just a, a time that, and, and, a, and a, a belief that women are meant to procreate and they're meant to nurture. Mm-hmm. And I always felt, and still do today, <laughs> feel like I'm defending something. Mm-hmm. Like I'm defending, like, Nobody really questions a mom Mm -hmm. for why did you have children? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, they're applauding that person Mm -hmm. for saying, oh, you have children. And, you know, it's it's almost like you get, and there's a whole day for it, right? Like Mother's Day Mm -hmm. is coming up. We celebrate motherhood. So it's revered. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's looked upon as doing something in society that is worthy of recognition. Mm-hmm. And so when people, my, the conversations that it sounds like for me are like, there's still time, you know, y- you will feel complete when you have children you will learn a different kind of love mm-hmm. when you have children. I mean, there's always a caveat, almost as if until you do this, you won't be a complete person, you know? And it's it's so, it's so disappointing and disheartening to me that I have to defend that I – I'm a whole person. And then there were times in my past, I feel like I've gotten over them, although there's still moments here and there where you question it. Like, well, am I? Am I not normal? Am I not complete? Am I not whole? And so the work you're doing affects all of us who have gone through these experiences and go through them regularly every day. Yes. Yes. You know, um, I I I connect with everything that you've said. Um, me and and I was lucky because in my close family, I didn't get the pressure from my close family because my mother always felt that um, if a woman wants a child, she that's what she says that she she would feel it in her womb, but not every woman has to feel that, and so. 
I was, you know, I was never conditioned with like, here's the baby doll, you need to take care of the baby doll. When I was a kid, you know, I would just pick my own toys and I had all sorts of toys. I had uh, Barbie, I had Gem and the Holograms. That was my first singing inspiration. That was my favorite. And you go, Showtime Synergy from Jerica. She was Jerica and then yes. she changed into a pop star with yes. her guitar and her that band. That was awesome. It was that. And, you know, and, you know I had remote controlled cars and boats. So, you know, I had all sorts of things. And um, so, you know, I never had that pressure. And to me, it was only when I was about around 15 that, you know, I was hanging out with a, one of my girlfriends and she asked, oh, and how many uh, children you want to have when you grow up, you want a boy, you want a girl. And, and it just happened to me. It was just, you know, very, uh, uh, candid, genuine and, uh, an insight. And I said, Oh, I'm not going to have kids. And I was 15 and I knew already. And I said, it's just, that's just not for me. And, you know, and then some people might say, Oh, you must have had childhood traumas. And that's why you said that. No, it, you know, it was, really as simple as I just knew and I felt that you know if I didn't want children I just I just could you know it was just possible for me to not have children Mm -hmm. you know with contraception and reproductive rights I just knew that that was possible and you know and you know that just always tells me um you know if you uh, if people would just stop trying to condition little girls you know how many of them would really want to have children because they really want to i mean you know there are women out there that do want to have children and i'm not here to say don't have children to women that want to have children and the song is as well um very um um, oops, I think we got dark. Okay, I'm sorry, we, we're back. Somehow my screen got black. Um, yeah, I think it's just really um, um, interesting how um, some mothers, when they hear the song, they think the song is against mothers. As it's just to, the song is just to say that if we choose one, we're allowed and we have the right to choose to not have children because we're not in 1800 and it's not handmade tales, right? Yes. And two, that we're happy. And we chose to not have children and we are happy without children. Mm-hmm. And some mothers hear that saying, I don't know, you know, maybe it's their issue with the fact that maybe they didn't want to have children and still had children. That's their problem. But they hear that, like, if I was saying, uh, we're happier than you. Like, mm. like, if I was singing, we don't have children and we're happier than you as you have children. This is not what it's about. Now, if they hear it that way, that is just not our business. If they yeah. feel they're not as happy as us, that's not what we're saying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how society wants to polarize everything. Of course, you know, and, and we can, that's the thing about it is you can coexist with different belief systems. We've done it for centuries, you know, children is just one topic. There's so many other things in the world that we walk side by side w- with each other in different ways, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that 
there are assumptions that are just inaccurate. And that's what is frustrating is, is break, trying to break down these assumptions that aren't true because you can be happy with children and you can be happy without children. Mm -hmm. And also you can love children and not have them. Mm -hmm. I love children. I have nieces. I Mm -hmm. have friends with kids. I think they're wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love being a person that could be in their lives, that can give advice. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to have my own Mm -hmm. from my body. Like, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But I do think there are other people who think there's something wrong with that. Yeah, obviously. They, they, um, you know, a lot of people, they cannot separate motherhood from womanhood. And that that makes me so angry because um, one, it's not every woman that has to have this like nurturing instinct. And then two, we, you know, we can be nurturing, but it doesn't have to be towards, uh, you know, babies and children. It can be nurturing of animals, of our own, of our art, you know, music, art, painting. You know, this is this is another way of creating. And um, but yeah, it, it's very hard for some people to to dissociate the idea of. A woman has to be a woman and pregnancy that a woman has to experience pregnancy in her life Mm -hmm. and it's um yeah it it makes me angry yes i'm I'm very much for women's rights and for everything and anything that a woman wants to do and Mm -hmm. that she if she's told she cannot do something whether it's a career or a job that is mostly done by men. You know, there's many situations. You know, this, like music production, obviously, well, there's only, you know, 7% of women in music production. And anything that a woman wants to do, she, I want her to do it. So if she, if what she wants is to not have children, so I'll say then do, do not have children if you don't want to have children. If she mm-hmm. really want to have kids, I'm like, you know, you have kids, you know, then. So, yeah, and, and people, it, it, it just shows how uh, we're still these pawns in society, like women are still these objects mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. are here to, like, you know, satisfy men or, you know, have that responsibility of procreating and, you know, and putting more humans on the planet. And, you know, it's pronatalism on the, on, you know, in the world that is overpopulated. Yes. And, and, and so in my mind, I have all these arguments of how we're actually helping Mm -hmm. society in so many ways, because on the, on the other side of things, there's so much criticism about these women who are bringing children into the world that aren't prepared, that mm-hmm. are, you know, doing it in a way that isn't thoughtful and don't have the means to take care of these children and are creating challenges for our society socially and economically, mm-hmm. you know, because then tax dollars are going to help, you know, in these situations that mm-hmm. because parents are unprepared to to care for, for these children. Mm-hmm. And 
honestly, I think there's been revolutionary things that have happened through the centuries and the decades that old thinking doesn't apply to modern day. So there was a time hundreds of years ago when women were put in a light of procreation. The purpose mm -hmm. of sex mm -hmm. was to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Today, that's not the case. Because of contraception, because of rights, and because of an ownership that we have over our body and what we want to do, you can both can exist. Sex can exist mm -hmm. and pregnancy can exist, but you can avoid pregnancy if that's not what you want, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I, that is just, I still think a concept that some people think, well, and then sex is categorized as something, well, oh, then it's just for fun and you're not really doing it for a purpose. It's mm -hmm. like, it's for a purpose. It's just not that purpose. Yes. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting how much dialogue there is, but just like anything else, I think it's important to have the dialogue because whether you agree or not, it's expanding your perspective where if nothing else, I think people should have respect for the choices that other people make that are best for them, even if you don't f feel that they're best for you. It's, it's, there's a it's about respect to me because yes. there's a lot of decisions that other people make that I don't agree with, but I still have respect for the things that they've chosen that they feel are best for them. Yes, exactly. And I also see uh, two things where, you know, how uh, um, women are still seen and treated like, you know, like we are not equal to men. So if a man says um, uh, he's not going to have kids, so, you know, he might be a little bit criticized. Oh, you know, you know, he's just like, you know, he might be a little bit criticized like this by his family. But then it's be, then it would be just like, oh, he's just career-minded. He just wants to focus on his career. And then they just leave him alone. But a woman, if a woman, you know, when a woman says, you know, I want to have kids and I want to focus on my career, then it's like, oh, she's just focused on her career. And it's immediately, you know, something negative. And the and difference selfish. between the men and the woman here, uh, that makes me angry too. Um, mm -hmm. So there's that. And also, um, I think especially in the US, how uh, extreme religious uh, mindsets will still uh, try to control a society and, and think that they can judge and criticize uh, because uh, a, a woman is not... Uh, living like what is written in their book and they don't get that it's it's their book you know right that their religious book whatever it may be whatever religion to them this is how the world should run and this is very extreme thinking yeah it's very extreme and and um and that is why there there are so many points where i personally felt rebellious like I was going against so many things um, because the the way that I live and the belief system that I have is very different than what I was raised in and and so but that was all of my and I think everybody goes through this 
you're born into the family you're in and there's a set of beliefs that exist. They could be religious, they could just be cultural, all the way down to the food you eat, the songs mm -hmm. you sing, the TV that you watch or don't watch, all of mm -hmm. it. And as you grow older, you have to make decisions conscientiously mm -hmm. about whether or not you align with all of those things that you were taught mm -hmm. or you have some different feelings. Maybe there's some things you, you keep, there's some things you let go of, or and you find your own path. That's part of the, the growth process. It's part of the mm -hmm. learning process. But in my personal situation, growing up in a Catholic family mm -hmm. where there was, my mom was the youngest of nine kids, mm -hmm. and my grandma believed you, you know, it was more conservative. You stay with your partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, regardless of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I did everything the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I got divorced. I didn't have kids. I'm not very religious. Mm -hmm. I don't have those strong beliefs that are attached to doing things from a religious viewpoint. Um, those are not my convictions they're just, it's just not. And so all of, I felt like every single thing I did was going against something. And my, my grandma would, would she, she loved me, you know, but she would say like, are you sure you want to, uh, you know, get divorced or, and I, yes, I'm sure this is what I want. This is what's best for me. Mm -hmm. This is what's going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. And so God rest her soul, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because I know that if she was still here, we would be having these ongoing conversations about mm -hmm. her beliefs versus mine and trying to understand each other. Um, but I, I did understand for why she made her decisions in the time that she lived in, mm -hmm. but I just don't, I just don't relate to it because I did do a career and I did do all the things that most women, you know, men or many women did it don't do, you know. Yeah, I I would just say you what you did was just uh you just took your freedom. You just live like a free woman. Mm -hmm. Everything else is to to tell us that we're not free. We can't do this and we can't do that and it's not okay and mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and you know. what, and, and so and then I'm curious because I know you went through the process emotionally. It took you a while. This is one of the songs that took you a while. Um, and I know the cover, it had the 55 women that, you know, uh, <laughs> all have these beautiful experiences of being child free. I think that's so cool. What was the reception? What was the feedback that you got when your song came out? Yeah, it it was just really um, interesting. Um, so some of it were neutral, which, you know, yeah. I think it should be that way. Some of it were like, oh, okay, you're child-free, you're happy, be child yeah, sure, why not? You know, some of, you know, because of course, there are many people that the men and women, they think, yeah, you know, you do whatever you want, you should, you know, thankfully. <laughs> right. And then I had some... Um, I had some of my fans that took it the wrong way. Uh, a few of them thought, uh, misunderstood the song, and they thought that it was about abortion in particular. And oh. I had to explain that's not what the lyrics are about. And um, 
then I had, so, you know, I had to blot some people and, uh, you know, then they had, you know, some mothers that felt that uh, they had to um, express that they are happy as being mothers. So I said, of course you are, you know, and you're a great mom and, you know, so, and then, and, and then you know, there, there are, of course, those that won't talk about it, that they see I released a song and they think it's an attack. And so they don't talk to me anymore. And then, you know, you know, some of these are acquaintances, some of these are relatives. And, um, yeah, some of them felt that I was criticizing them. And, you know, there's the, there was the, uh, the New York Times article as well, which was absolutely amazing, featuring the son in their article about, you know, choosing a life without children and, and so on. So with that, I had, you know, of course, you know, uh, random uh, people on the internet and posting nasty, nasty comments. There's also tr internet trolls, I'm sure, but uh, some of them were very uh, directing at, at us child-free women and um, they just ignored that. Or just let the other child-free women that come visit the video to just reply themselves if they want to argue. Um, but uh, um, yeah, and then of course, the, the, you know, the wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, reaction to the song uh the child free women uh community you know they embraced the song uh, as their anthem and you know for so everything else i mentioned before you know all the difficult reaction i had to de deal with that's just nothing as long as they you know it, it, it gives them support and they can listen to the song if they're having a hard time if they're being criticized or they can send the song to <laughs> to people that just, you know, don't want to leave them alone. And this is, this is, you know, why the song uh, is here for. And so this is just wonderful. And um, yeah. And, you know, there are also acquaintances that I didn't know that they were child-free by choice. And, you know, there's always been in our society, even though, even though I'm child-free, um, there was always this thing where, if a, if a woman, of a, you know, has passed the certain age, you know, and that she didn't have kids, we, we were taught that it must be because it's a painful situation. And so we should not talk about it. And so there are uh, some acquaintances or some of my friends that are child-free by choice and that I didn't know about. And thanks to the song sent to me you know, putting this message out there, they reached out to me and they said, oh, thank you for the song. I am child-free by choice too. And so, you know, it opens up the conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, overall, I think it helps normalizing the topic, you know, yes. like everything else, um, every differences that, you know, as human beings we had to deal with, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, there's a sensitivity because women do have a biological process mm -hmm. that make it more difficult to have children at a later time in life mm -hmm. when you're not producing the same and all of that. And so there are some women yeah. who desperately want right. a child and can't have one. And that's its own other situation, yeah, right? So mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of, one of the things that I would hope 
and to any anybody listening to the conversation, wherever you fall on the spectrum, is to recognize that there's different shades of desire that mm -hmm. people have in life with with everything. And this is one of those things. Um, and it hopefully will just open a dialogue mm -hmm. amongst family members or friends mm -hmm. and and do it in a way that's healthy and just respectful. You know, when people say, don't talk about uh, religion or politics at the dinner table, the reason for that is because there's, it's a highly emotional and there can be very different opinions. Mm -hmm. And this can, this can possibly be one of those topics, but when you don't talk, you're perpetuating yeah. the same things over and over. And so that's what makes it difficult. And like you said, the way that the world works is to do the best it can to polarize people mm -hmm. and put you into different boxes. So then there's an us versus them mm -hmm. instead, instead of an acceptance that we all come in different shapes and sizes and thought processes and we can learn from each other. Mm -hmm. This is a different way of looking at things, you know? Yes. I, I don't like polarizing and how the media, you know, uh, and the politics, it's just, it really, uh, it draws a separation so much. And, uh, I've, I've wrote, I've written a song called Rise Above and my latest album, Be Inspired. And it's about that. It's about, uh, polar, you know, getting above, you know, the polarization and, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, uh, people don't like also when, if we want to sit in the center. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you, you know, when you fill something out, you have to choose, right? If you fill out a, a survey or it says, are you a man or a woman or other? What religion are you? What race? What political affiliation do you have? How old are you? Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to decide so then you can fall in all the different boxes, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and now, yeah. now you become a statistic because then people can say, this is who you I, are and this is how you are. I play with those surveys. I always uh, I check. I do not wish to answer. I <laughs> check them all like that. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do use that data, right? Mm -hmm. But Lily, talk about your latest album. What, yes. what is it about? And uh, mm -hmm. let us know more about it. And then, of course, where we can find it. Yeah, my album uh, Be Inspired is has uh, different moods. Um, there's some upbeat songs and some songs are a bit more uh, mid-tempo and inspiring. There's some in French. And um, I released a deluxe edition a year and a half ago of that album. So it's been out for a while. Um, so, you know, it can be found everywhere uh, on all music platform. And then my, my single Child Free... I think we're going to see it like this with our 55 child free, happy child free women on the cover yes. is also everywhere. And there is a lyric video on YouTube. So please, everyone go check it out. And, uh, and if you're interested in reading the New York Times article, it's on my website as well, lilyrotelin.com, L-I-L-I-R-O-T-U-E-L-I-N.com. And all my music is at all platforms and come say hello on Instagram.
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'll make sure that all of your links are in the show notes so people can sure. find you, follow you. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said that you do songs in French too. I do. Mm -hmm. I think it's beautiful. Have you ever saw a show called Songland? That tells me something. So uh, look it up. It's this song. It's a, it's a show. I'm trying to remember what what um, if it was like ABC or what whatever channel, like maybe NBC that it came on. Anyways, you could. It's on YouTube, I'm sure, mm -hmm. and even on I don't maybe even Netflix or wherever you can watch like mm -hmm. shows from the past. But it's a show where there's producers. Mm -hmm. um, and they in there's usually three and they invite four songwriters to the show and they come and they play their original song that they wrote often with music they mm -hmm. might bring their own instruments they sing the song and it's a surprising because they all sing actually pretty good because sometimes in my head, I'm like, well, just because you could write a song doesn't necessarily mean you could sing good. But many people, <laughs> they, they both do both. Like they write really well and they sing really well. Mm -hmm. So they come and then they perform the song for an artist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it could be Megan Trainer or, <laughs> you know, a famous fun. musical artist. And the artist has to decide which songwriter they want to work with mm -hmm. but what they do is the uh three of them get chosen and each of them get paired with a producer so they can collaborate on uh enhancing the song to the style of the mm -hmm. artist mm -hmm. so maybe they want to make it more like you said maybe more up tempo mm -hmm. maybe there's some lyrics they want to change maybe the feeling of it they want uh, like a more potent example of like heartbreak or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then after they improve the song, then that's when the artist votes on which song writer they'll mm -hmm. work with. And then that artist actually sings the song on puts it on one of their albums. And so that's really cool for the mm -hmm. songwriter because now they're, you know, get to do a bigger collaboration. Um, anyways, the point of that story is I didn't realize until I kind of watched that process to see how intricate it is, yeah. like how much goes into all the things that you talked about today from the editing, all the sounds, yeah. all the music, instruments. Yeah, and, and still, you know, when, um, you know, the very much commercial music, it's only sometimes it's only just one beat, or you know one drum beat and like a couple of a uh, you know synths and and then you know it's about mixing it the way that it goes on the radio and isn't I don't find this that much complicated uh, work going in but when you work with live instruments you know like in Love My Sons it's uh, a natural drummer a bassist and the guitars and electric guitars and then I add the synth and the piano myself and then the vocals and it this takes so much and especially you know when we do everything remotely you know there's tuning that comes into place as so a live you know the strings instruments and uh, it's yeah it gets very very tricky to get everything uh, and then still make it radio uh, that it broadcast quality because there is a format right now that you know it needs to fit in so um 
yeah, the arrangements. I like arranging music in a support of composition, you know, where you're going to put that instrument and what the piano is going to do in that spot. Because you don't want everybody to play and sing the same thing together. You know, it's kind of like, it's that painting. It's really it's that It's artwork. Mm -hmm. It's live art. It is. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what's amazing. And it's music is just, mm -hmm. I can't even imagine life without music mm -hmm. because it's such a, it's such a part of a, you know, who we are yeah. and what we, what we relate to. Mm -hmm. um, but Lily, I want to ask you a couple questions that will just help people to get to know you better. Mm -hmm. And so um, the first question that I have for you is, and it's uh, related to the title of my show, which is, what makes you feel unbreakable? Well, we just talked about it. I really think it's music. Um, because anytime, and I think everybody should connect to their art or something, their, their passion. Anytime something's difficult, you know, early in the pandemic, it was very hard, but I had music. I could play my songs. I had my songs, and um, and I think putting like putting out into the world our art, um, and you know, me the purpose is to inspire others. But it, a lot of the times, it inspires me too. Like if I'm feeling depressed, if I'm down, or some I'm having a bad day, or something's going on, um, my songs will pick me up. And that's, and it's, it's, this is a beautiful thing. And, um, yeah, anytime some, there was something really hard in my life, um, I had music. It's the constant that's there. And if ever I'm too busy with something else, whether it's moving or something like that. And if ever I don't play music, I feel it. I feel like I don't feel right, you know, and then I pick up my ukulele and I just sing for a bit. Or, or do a little show or something and then everything feels better. So I think this is really, in my art makes me unbreakable. Yes, <laughs> that's beautiful. Uh, what is a self-limiting belief that you used to have about yourself that you've overcome? Yeah, and um, I think the self-limiting belief was that there is not Abound abundance in life. So, um, if ever I if ever I fall back into that, things don't flow. But if I try to stay connected, that there are unlimited possibilities in the world, and that talk to the universe about it, and um, yeah, now you know life is meant to be abundant and grow um that that really um very puts puts me back on track yeah yeah what about one of your superpowers what's something that you're really good at that you're proud of my superpowers um hmm i think other than music other than music i think it's that i, I am bilingual and and I know a lot of us are, but I think it's a superpower a lot of people have. It's um, it's very hard to speak multiple um, languages. Yes. So um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think a lot of people speak languages not very well, 
uh, you know, so we, they can, we, we all try to do, to do our best, but yes, when you're bilingual, that, that's a huge superpower. Mm -hmm. Um, and mm -hmm. actually, um, when I went to France, I was impressed because there's people, many people are trilingual. So they yeah. actually speak English, French, and Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I feel very insufficient. Um, so that's very motivating and inspiring at the same time. Um, what about your bucket list? What is something that you're looking forward to that you want to do that you haven't done yet? Hmm. I think there are some uh, places in, in the United States that I have not visited yet. And I know the pandemic has slowed down traveling, that sort of thing. But I really want to uh, uh, go to um, Yellowstone, like the national parts. I want to see that I've, I've been to the Grand Canyon and many places in the country, but this there are some national parts i really want to see so yeah. um yeah, this um i don't know how many items i'm supposed to say um bucket list um i think eventually i would like to record with an orchestra like a bit orchestra i don't know how when you know how that will happen but i would like to to do that sometime and um, one other thing, you know, while we were talking about languages, I want to learn Spanish, actually, and I have not. It's terrible. I took uh, German in uh, middle school and high school, and I forgot everything. So, I, you know, I speak uh, only, you know, French and English, but I really would like to learn Spanish. And, uh, yeah, so I think that's, that's it. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Then it, you you could do your travels and be very versatile. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that would be really awesome. Uh, Lily, if there was one last piece of advice that you could give to anybody listening, what would it be? I think that I would say to make sure that you take time for yourself and connect with who you really are and what you really want to do and and then just believe that you can do that and and then just just do it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. beautifully said it's it's easier said than done i know that many of us are, are still working on that true connection mm -hmm. because i think that's where you get the most alignment mm -hmm. what you say what you feel what you think is what you live yeah. And so we're we're all on that journey. But Lily, this has been amazing. And so the best way people can reach you is your website. Is that the best place to start? So lilyrockalin.com? Yes. You know, uh, up there, there's the links to my music and social media link. Or, you know, just find me on Instagram. It's at lilyrockalin. And on Twitter, at lilyrockalin. And on YouTube, I have all of my music videos, including the award-winning uh, videos and, and the songs that were on some TV shows and things like this so this is my youtube channel is very busy and yeah just stop by on social media and say hello and i'd be happy to hear yeah. from you and subscribe so when you when you know what i that that 
is just a big message I have because for for those who are creators, those who are artists, it's a, it's an important part of getting their work out there. So when you do go to Lily's YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go over to her Instagram, hit the follow button. Um, it's a great way to just connect and keep up. And, and that's the beauty today with, with, especially with the art form of music mm -hmm. is that you can get it so rapidly through mm -hmm. these platforms and it's a, it's a good way to keep up with things, but I appreciate you taking time. I know how busy you are and, uh, you know, us going back and forth and trying to find the best time and it's the weekend and everything. So I'm so grateful for this conversation. And I, I'm really especially grateful for the work that you've done on Child Free because just like for me and hopefully many others that are listening, you're, you're representing and holding a torch that's helping us to feel more confident in who we are. Well, I'm just happy, really, really happy to hear that. And um, thank you so much for having me. It was just really an honor and I had a wonderful time. Awesome. It was so much fun to interview Lily Rockelin. She's remarkable. I know that this episode was a little more personal for me. I shared more about myself than I typically would do in a podcast episode and it just, I was convicted because of the connection that I had to the topic. So that was a unique experience that you all had. I, I do share my thoughts, my opinions, my feelings. It is my show, but uh, that, that was a little more, <laughs> it was a little more. Um, I had a lot of fun, fun moments during that episode. Uh, one of the things I thought of, you know, when I think of songwriting, I mentioned this, the show Songland, but I also often think of the movie Coyote Ugly, if you've ever seen that. I love that movie. Uh, you know, in the movie, she is a songwriter, the main character, and she is all the time singing and writing, but she has stage fright, you know, and uh, she finally has this moment where she shares her music and then Leanne Rhymes ends up singing her song and it's, it's, it's so, so cool. Uh, yeah. So anyways, go watch Coyote Ugly and listen to the song called Moonlight. <laughs> such a, such a cool, such a cool uh, memory. Um, but yes, the topic of being child free. I hope you, you learned something new from that. And I hope that you have just at least expanded your perspective. You know, children, having children is such a beautiful thing. It is truly a blessing. I do believe that for those individuals who choose to do that, it is a gift. It's beautiful to, to be able to see the, the, the growth of a child and uh, the excitement of parenthood, whether you are a mother or a father or, uh, you know, all kinds of different family situations. Um, however, my ask of you would be to have a respect for those of us who have chosen not to bear our own children doesn't make us bad it just makes us different you know I would often look for people uh, 
that were respected that didn't have children. So when I saw Ellen and I saw Oprah, I was like, ooh, you know, people who are doing incredible things in the world that have the biggest hearts, that are compassionate and caring and kind and connected, yet have not bared their own children. So there are examples of those individuals and I can't think of two women who are any more confident and complete than them. So I feel that way about myself. I'm very proud of who I am. I am very confident in the choices that I've made. Uh, and, and I hope that for you listening, you feel the same way about you regardless of what those are in whatever category, your sexuality, your beliefs, your religion, your political affiliation, your all of those things. Be unapologetically you. It is when we celebrate one another's differences that we actually can come together in harmony and in unity because it's in those differences that we expand our mind and learn a little bit more. So with that, remember that you are your only limit. Take action today. Subscribe or follow the Born Unbreakable podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with somebody who might need to hear it. And hey, rate and review let Lily know the kind of impact that she had on you. See you again on the next episode of the show. <laughs>